Amen. Amen. Thank you, moms. Man, you are loved like you have no idea. Jesus was on the cross. And as Jesus was on the cross, it was Jewish custom that the, the woman whose husband had passed away and she was now a widow, her son now would take care of that mother. And that mother would now stay with her son till the day that she dies. It was the responsibility of the son to take over the role of the husband in Jewish custom. That is why when Jesus was on the cross, he looks at John, I believe it was his favorite disciple, and he tells the beloved, he said, John, your mother, and behold, mother, this is your son. You know, what he was telling John was, I'm going, I'm gone. Mom doesn't have Joseph anymore. Mom doesn't have me no more. So, John, you take the responsibility as the son to care for mom. And, mom, you take care of John like he's your very own son. And, and, and that, that's, that's an awesome scripture because in scripture there, we see a huge responsibility there between mother and son. Um, son, we are to take care of our mothers, daughters and sons. Amen? Why should I? Because have you noticed how they take care of you? Amen? And how good they've been to you and how amazing they've been to you. Can we just say amen to that? Can we just say amen to that? Amen. Father, bless today's word. Bless today's time. I thank you for the worship, for the special, for the flowers, for the mothers, for the, the gift that you've given us here today. That we would have an awesome day as we eat today, as we fellowship, as we just love on our moms today. Let us have an awesome celebrating day. As this Mother's Day, I love it how my buddy says it right here, Lord, that... Mother's Day is overrated because Mother's Day should be every day of our lives. And I say amen to that. And I thank you for today as we, as a nation, take this day and just honor, 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 honor our moms forever. So, Lord, bless this word today. Speak to our hearts today. In the mighty name of Jesus and the church says what? Amen. If you have your Bible, if you could open up to 1 Samuel chapter 3 with me. And once you're there, just shout out an amen, shout out a preach it, shout out a hallelujah, throw up your spirit fingers. However you like to do church, do it. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 3, shout out a God is good. Uh, that might be a good one. And um, let me know you're there with me. 1 Samuel chapter 3, and um, we're going to kick off in verse 1. Haven't heard no amens yet. There's one, two, amen, three. We have a special announcement in about 30 minutes that we're going to make, and um, I hope it blesses your life. But I want to share this word before I make this announcement, okay? I have to share this word because if not, you're not going to understand the announcement. So um, I'm going to wait about 30 minutes to make the announcement if you don't mind, maybe 40, but, but just bear with me. Um, I want to try to do this quick because I know it's Mother's Day and you have so many things, so I just want to get my thoughts out of my head. And um, I hope moms, dads, sons, everyone's blessed by this message because I just really today want to continue with our series, and, and it's titled, He's Calling You Out. And um, I mean, mothers, we're just calling you out today. I mean, you, you can't get enough of it. I think my dad was on point when he said, we're just going to pick on you today. Yeah, we're, we've just picked on you, and, and we're just going to give you a Let's just give you a break for a little while, okay? So sit back, get into the Word with us, get into God's thoughts. And then from there, we'll pick on you some more at the end of the service. So we have, how many of you like tres leches? Tres leches? All right. Come on, man. It's Mother's Day. Forget the diet today. All right? All right. All you men, stay away from the tres leches. This is for the moms, okay? Um, I'm going to ask uh, Managladi and everyone back there to make sure that only the moms get the tres leches first. If there are leftovers, then maybe you could give some to Charlie. You could give some to... Uh, to Elias, you could get, all right, but for right now, only the moms have some tres leche, and it's homemade, it's a sister in the church says, God's moving in my heart, and because God's moving in my heart, I just got to make my tres leche for the church, I said, amen, make it, we're going to pick it up, amen, so praise God, so moms, we're going to let you slide, just think about the tres leche, but don't forget about thinking about the word in Jesus as well, okay, let's get into this, all right, we're going to talk about he's calling you out, if you're taking notes, can you write this down for me? It's two words, and if you want to put an exclamation point at the end, <clears throat> go ahead and do so. Ready? Here it is. He's calling you out is the name of the series. Today's message is titled such. Ready? Take charge. Can you write that down? 
take charge. It's not really a Mother's Day message, but mothers, trust me, all over the Word of God, you could apply yourself to the Word. Amen? Mothers, I can't thank you enough. Watch this. It's so easy. For taking charge for your family. For taking charge for your hard-headed husband. For taking charge for your hard-headed children. Any mothers can say amen? All right. Here we go. But um, we want to talk about taking charge and what God's calling us. Now, let's get into 1 Samuel chapter 3. Verses, verse 1, I'm going to read from a funny translation, but it's still the word of God. Don't um, call me a heretic and, um, or anything like that. I'm, I'm still preaching the gospel, amen? And um, I did this because I like the way it phrases a couple of key words, the message. Here it is. Follow along. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's, not Eli, or Eli here, but Eli the priest, and Eli's direction. And this was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. One night, Eli was sound asleep, and his eyesight was very bad, and he could hardly see. And it was well before dawn, the sanctuary light was still burning, and Samuel was still in the bed in the temple of God where the Ark of the Covenant rested. And then God called out, and he said, Samuel, Samuel. I would think that's how God sounds. And Samuel says, yes, I'm here. And he runs to Eli and he says, Eli, Eli, I heard you call. Here I am. And Eli said back to Samuel, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so he did. Everyone understand what's going on so far? Okay. God's playing a trick on him. You know, he's playing like hiding. And he hides. Okay, well, let's keep going. Here we go. And then God called again, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel gets up. He went to Eli, and he says, I heard you call, here I am. And Eli again says, son, you can see he's getting a little bit mad. I have to wake up early in the morning tomorrow, okay? You're you're really bothering me right now. So you can see how it went from, listen, I didn't call you too, son, (laughs) okay? Son, I did not call you. Go back to bed. I love what it says next. This all happened before Samuel knew God. You could underline that could highlight that. You could write that, trust me, in your notes. That's so important. Why? The first point today is this. Point number one, know him for yourself. That's, that's point number one for today's message. I'm going to give you three points and I'm done. Know him for yourself. So Eli tells Samuel, Samuel, go back to bed. And, and in the scripture, I love it because it gives you parentheses. And in the parentheses, he says, you want to know why Samuel doesn't understand and know God's voice. And you're like, why? As you're reading the Bible, you're like, why doesn't Samuel know and understand God's voice? And then God gives like a little cheat sheet. He says, because in those days, he didn't know God yet for himself. And you're like, oh, I get it. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You've ever seen someone in the supermarket? You've ever, right? Fulanito! How you doing? And you look at them like, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And you're running through your head. And, and then they get to you and they're like, oh, my God, I don't know who it is yet. And you, if you're anything like me, you pretend, you know, oh, my God, it's been such a long time. And then you, you try to, you're listening to their words. Are they going to mention your mom? Are they going to mention your son? Are they going to like, how do I know you by? And then they mention someone, you know. I saw your grandma. You know, she was talking about you the other day. Anyone been there? I was at the gym with a brother that couldn't make it. Burbano was at, um, visiting his mom about two hours north. And I'm in the gym with him, and, and I've and I noticed this, right? And, and as I'm in the gym, I, I look at a guy, and he looks at me, and, and it was weird. Because when two guys make eye contact already, it's weird. <laughs> and um, I'm looking at the dude. The dude's looking at me, and, you know, it was one of those weird, like. And I'm like, yo, this is weird. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I, I said, uh, and then. He, he, he kind of takes like a turn and he starts coming at me. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, he's coming to me, he's coming to me. And then he comes to me, he's like, what's up, Pastor Rigo? And he hugs me. And I look at him and, and, I, and I see him and I'm like, hey, brother. And I said, you call me Pastor Rigo, that means he has to be from church. So how are you doing? How's the... And I praise God that he mentioned Phil's name. <laughs> All right. You, you... And he mentions Phil's name. And I said, Phil's doing good, man. You should come and surprise him. I mean, bro, you know Phil loves you. I don't know if Phil loves the guy. But you guys been there when you don't know someone? You've been there? Come on, am I the only one? I've been to Chicken Kitchen. Rigo, how's everything? I'm like, never seen you in my life. The worst thing you could do is someone is, uh, 
Say, I'm sorry, I, for, I forgot who you were. You know what's one of the things I hate the most that people do to me in this church? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rebuke some of you right now, but I love you. I can't stand when you come up to me and say, what's my name, pastor? You don't even know it yet. Dude, if you know that, don't tell me. <laughs> that hurts my feelings more than it hurts yours. You got one person's name to remember. I got all of your names to remember. And I have a learning disability, amen? <laughs> I'm taking out my emotions, all right? Let's get back into the word. But have you been there? That you just get so frustrated? And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know who that is. I love when I'm with my wife, right, and I have to introduce her to someone. Me and her have a tag team that we already work it out. She's right there. She's right there. She don't know. And we do this. Nancy knows the rules. I go, Nancy, whenever I introduce you to someone and I don't say their name, that's a cue to you to find out their name. So now some of you know why I don't introduce you to my wife with their name. So I'll be like, oh, this is my wife, Nancy, Nancy. Uh, you know, I want you to meet them. And... It's already odd because, so then the other person's forced to say, hi, I'm Cindy, you know, whatever. And um, it works out good. I'm like, yes, I know her name now. So, so you know, it, it, that's the way it works here, man. That's the way it works in life. And I know if some of you feel me. Well, here is young Samuel in the house of the Lord. Samuel, Samuel, wake up. Samuel gets up from bed. He runs to Eli. Eli! I'm awake. You called. And Eli's like, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And I love scripture. He gives us a hint. And he says, you want to know why he did not understand? Because till this day, it was before Samuel knew God. I, I just feel like stopping right there and preaching to you. Because it's Mother's Day and I'm going to be so nice today. So you're lucky today's Mother's Day. But I believe God is speaking to so many of us. And because we don't know God, we don't hear God. Amen. We need to know God. We need to know God in order to hear God. Because if now we're going to be like, I got this weird feeling in my heart, and I wasn't sure if it was from God. Listen, when you know it's from God, you know it's from God. I mean, God's going to be like, ta-tong, 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 and you're not going to be able to do anything else because you know God. But when you're like, I think, but I don't know, and I called my counselor, and, my, and I called my uh, spiritual daddy, and my, I'm going to be like, listen, listen, listen. When you know when God's speaking to you, man, you know it. You know it. Just relax. If you're not sure yet, just relax. And it says here, during that time, the word of the Lord had not been given to him personally yet. And then it says, God called him again, Samuel, Samuel, the third time. And yet again, Samuel got up, went to Eli, and now you can see he's getting frustrated, right? Yes, Eli, I heard you. Here I am. Here I am. Come on, man, stop playing games with me. And then it says, but that's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy Samuel. So Eli directed Samuel, and look what he tells him. Go back, lie down, and in that, if that voice calls again, this is what you need to say. Ready? Speak, God. I am your servant, ready to listen. Man, highlight that. Underline that. So Samuel says, all right, and he goes back to bed. And God came and he stood before him. This is amazing. God stood before him. And he says, Samuel, Samuel. And now Samuel says, speak. I am your servant ready to listen. Everyone take out their pens, highlighters, markers. And here is a mighty, powerful verse. God said to Samuel, listen carefully. I love it. I am getting ready to do something. Let's do it. Ready? Let's change scripture around a little bit, but not out of context, but just out of names here. Ready? In Miami. That is going to shake everyone up and it's going to get there what? Oh, I love that. Highlight that. He tells Samuel, hey, listen, I'm going to do something special in Israel and I'm going to shake everyone and I'm going to get their attention. Two weeks ago, I, I, I sung a song. I tried. I attempted to sing a song to you from Jake Hamilton. And someone in this generation is going to make a noise that's going to shake a nation. Remember that song? Remember that song? And, and, and he gets it from this scripture where we're... God tells Samuel, I'm going to shake Israel and I'm going to get their attention. 
And I'm going to shake everyone in there, but I love this. Ready? I'm getting ready to do something. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is calling us today in the same fashion. How many of God's people could say amen? We're getting closer to the special announcement I'm going to make, if you haven't noticed. And, 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 and here it is. Ready? He's telling us this. Hey, church. Hey, moms. Dads, sons, whoever you are, listen up. Listen carefully because I'm getting ready to do something and it's going to shake everyone up. It's going to get their attention. You know, uh, I talked about knowing God, and, and we, uh, weeks back, I think months back, we talked about the sheep and all that, and I talked about when John uh, chapter 10, 27, it says that my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they what? Because I know them, and they hear my voice, what do they do? Yeah, yeah, there is reaction. Being a follower of Christ, I love this, it causes us to what? React to our shepherd. It's amazing, man. Amazing. I follow my shepherd. I am the sheep that follows the shepherd. And I tell you today this, that God is always doing something. And God is always telling us something. But this is what I believe. And I wrote this down. These are my thoughts. I just, uh, I think this, that so often we're not seeing it and we're not hearing it. But God's always saying something to us. Yeah, he is. He's always doing something. Yeah, he is, man. But are we always seeing it? Are we always hearing it? Anyone here fail at that sometimes, like me? And, and the first thing that we see that God is calling you to is this, ready? The sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. This is so amazing. Why? Because the first thing that the Lord is calling us, write this down in your notes, is to him. What's the name of our series? Anyone want to scream it out? He's calling you out. Not me, you. He's calling us out, okay? Just don't pick on me. Just, just focus on yourself right now. Because you know what I'm talking about, right? We've done that. Oh, yeah, when, 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 when Carmen in the back gets up and does something, then I'll do something. And I ain't going to be the only one serving here. And, uh, listen, relax. God's calling us out as a unit. God is calling us out as Christians. And the first thing that he's calling us out to is into him relationship. Maybe there's someone here that does not have a firm relationship with Jesus. Can I encourage you for a second? And can I tell you that Jesus loves you and his main desire for you is to come to him and have relationship with him? Can I tell you that today? Maybe you've been slacking on your relationship. Get with it. Get with it. I love this because it says, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed is what uh, Eli told Samuel. And I love the little Note that the Bible gives us, this all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the word of the Lord was given to him personally. I could truly look at this verse and I could look at John. And I could look all throughout scripture and the first thing that God is calling us to, he is calling us out to him. And I want you to know this, ready? In order for us to be called out to them, we need to be first called in, be called into him. Because when we go out to the lost, we're not going to know what to say. You've ever met someone that all they say is this to you? And you're like, I'm so confused with that person just told me. And you have to call someone from the church. And like, I had a lunch with another Christian. <laughs> I mean, they say they're a Christian, but I'm so confused. You ever had someone like that? I've had so many. Right? But I tell you this right now that until you don't come to God first, how will you ever go out to others second? I mean, isn't that the greatest two commandments? Love the glory of God, all your heart, mind, and soul. Then you should love your others, neighbors. First me, then them. So amazing. The command that we're talking to you about today is this. He's calling you out. But the question is, do you know God for yourself? And that's an awesome, this is a good message, actually. You know, last week, we got hit over the head. Pastor Javi blew the house off, man. I mean, the whole day, I was like a zombie, just like, wow, wow, that message, wow, wow. So, so it convicted and broke and blessed me and gave me joy at the same time. It was a mess what it did to my heart. But this week, I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to tell you this today. Do you know God for yourself? See, the reason why I say this, church, is because you can't chance this. Let me make myself clear. Can't chance this. Can't chance this. You can't go out with this portrait of Christ that other people have drawn for you and represent that portrait 
to other people without you knowing him for yourself. You want to know why? Because when someone else shows you the same por- or a different portrait of the same man, you'll never know how to defend that portrait. Come on, man. You can't chance this. If you go out thinking that you know God, oh, I think I know God, rather than knowing that you know God, what awaits you, I'm telling you right now, church, it is stronger than you. It is wolves. It is serpents. Man, they have no pity. They have no compassion. They will swallow us up whole. Anyone ever met some serpents and some wolves that, yeah, lick up their chops when they see you? Anyone ever been there? You never had, no one has some enemies in here? And if you don't know your God, you see, you can't chance this. You can't go out thinking you know God. You got to go out knowing that you know God. See, when I wake up in the morning and, 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 and I think things and, oh, my God, are you scared? That th-? I'm not scared because God is greater in me. Because that Christ, the blood that he shed on Calvary, it wasn't for just those people 2,000 years ago. It was for me today at 2012. God is powerful and his power is still for me. You know what I'm saying? And... When we talk, you know, I want you to hear this. I preached at our church all the way in Eureka Drive. I, I find out all this stuff, right? Oh, whoa, they cut a chicken. And they, there was a woman that gets off the car and puts this stuff on the floor in the church grounds. She drives away, and the deacons of the church go see what's going on. They pick it up. The lady does brujeria the Sunday that I'm preaching at that church. And they come up to me. That's regal. They did brujeria on the church. I'm like, I don't care what they did. They could throw goat's blood up in here. But we're covered with the blood of the lamb. And we're going to continue. You see, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And then, and then I, I go to preach at another church on, 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 on Lata Longo on Sunset. On a crowd, I could just jump from my house to it. And, and I'm preaching there in this, in this big thing that they have, whatever. And as I'm preaching there a few months back, uh, I, I noticed that my friend who's the pastor there, he stands up in the middle of my message. That's kind of rude. You know, he invited me over and he's standing up in the middle of my preaching. By the way, that's what preachers think when you get up in the middle of their preaching. But whatever. And then, <laughs> just throw that in there. And then he gets up. He gets up and he leaves. I'm like, man, my good friend who invited me to preach here gets up and he was in the front row. He's sitting in the back. If you know you got like a peen problem, so that way no one sees you. But he comes up to me after the search. He goes, did you see me stand up in the middle of your message? And I said, yeah, man. What, you know, what happened? He said, they did brujeria on the campus here. And I said, man, that's awesome. He looked at me and said, I was like, the devil's not going to win. He could follow me all he wants. He could try to taunt me all he wants. He could throw chickens. He could throw, I mean, I don't care what he does to me. He can't overcome because we are covered with the blood of the lamb. And and all those things are just vague and are stupid when they come against the power of God. But when you don't know God for yourself, you're under the umbrella. But when you don't know, you're out of the umbrella. And anything that comes your way can and may harm you. But when you're covered with the lamb of God, listen, nothing can come against you oh oh, oh. this is the word of god this is the word of god i listen if not then i was not redeemed with the blood of the lamb if not then i was not covered with the blood of the lamb i am filled with god's grace i am filled with god's love i am filled with god's blood and satan can 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 harass me can oppose me but he can't possess me because greater is he who's in me now this is this is so amazing Because why do I say this? I say this to the church because you need to know God for yourself. You cannot go out to this world and preach what you learned in elementary and sing the little song and the little prayer that I used to pray when growing up. Come on. I know you know it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I lay the Lord. I I gave the Lord whatever. My soul to keep. And if I die before I wake. I pray the Lord, my soul to take. I still kind of remember that from when I was a little kid. You think that prayer is enough? Maybe it was when I was a little kid. Can you imagine coming against Satan? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray. You can't chance this. My question to the church is this. Do you know God 
for yourself. And, and I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to talk to the moms. Moms, you don't know the role you play when you know God. And your children see moms that know God. And when your husbands see moms that know God. Your husband, listen, wait. Your husband might be the biggest mess that a husband has ever was. And I probably will tell you, I agree with you. But when you humble yourself and you start coming to the word of God. And you start coming into prayer and fasting and worshiping. And you start winning. He doesn't deserve it. I know he doesn't deserve it. But my God deserves your praise and your glory. And what you need to do is humble yourself before him. And you never know. He might just follow your steps. I was rebelling against my mom's back. I was smoking weed behind my mom's back. I was fighting behind my mom's back. My mom got to my house one day. And you're my witness. And I showed up with ice around my fist. My mom starts crying. I said, what happened to you? I'm like, mom, some guy came knocking at my door. And I had to fight him. No guy comes to this house. And, and you know. And, you know, the whole, and, and I broke my metal carpal. And I broke my metal carpal because I wasn't going to let someone come pick on me at my house. He was going to get some. But you know what? I rebelled against my mother. I rebelled against my God. But do you know that I will never forget the words that my mom spoke to me? I will never forget the prayers that my mom prayed over me. I will never forget. The, my mom had many faults. Trust me, but I'll never forget the woman of God she was in my life. Moms, you don't know the role you play. To your husband, who's a wreck. To your children, who's a wreck. You might be blessed today. My husband's awesome. Amen for you. Keep blessing him then. But I'm telling you today, come on, this is the word of God. You think the Lord wants you to fight against your husband? You think the Lord wants you to be rebellious against your husband or against your children because you're fed up with them? Those are your gifts from God. When you go home today, I don't care what your husband has done to you or what you've done to your husband. You say, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I got to humble myself. Amen, moms. Amen, hard-headed dads. Amen, hard-headed children. I'm one of them. I'm a hard-headed husband. And a hard-headed son. Amen. Bone of my bone. I have no other option. This is my gift from the Lord. God, you couldn't give it to me another shape, another size, another color. God says, no, that's your gift. Those children are your gift. That husband is your gift. That wife is your gift. So you might as well make it work before you continue in disaster. How many can say amen? This is for some... This might not be for all people, but this might be for, you know, who you are kind of people. Amen? But we can't chance this. We need to know God. We need to know God. When you know God, you know his voice and you hear his voice. And I love what scripture says. He also knows you. And watch this. And you follow him. You know why we follow? Because he what? Because he leads. If not... He would have no followers. But because Christ leads, we have followers. So what can harm me and what could harm you? What could harm us if our Christ is leading and all we're doing is what? Come on, church. Following. This is the problem that I go through and you probably go through it because you're probably better than me for sure. And I'm following Christ, but sometimes I do this. I want to check this out over here for just a little while. And God's like, get back in line, you hard-headed. But you can't go wrong if you're just following Christ. I mean, we've said that so many times. It's everything that Christ has already done. Just follow, follow, follow his lead. Is he calling you today, church? Is he pointing at you today? Samuel, Samuel. Is he standing before you today calling your name? And check this out. Are you replying back? Speak, Lord. I'm ready to what? To listen. They hear me. I know them. They follow me. That's awesome. Close your eyes for a second. Father, that when you speak to us, that we would say, here I am, Lord. Speak. For I am listening. Not that I hear because hearing is no good without listening. I am listening to your command. So number one, Father, let us know you for ourselves. Can you say amen? I'm going to put a picture up really quick. Can we put this picture up? Oh, he did it. 
We all know who that is. Who's that? Yeah, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam's famous. I look at this picture. It's so beautiful, ain't it? Yeah, right. I love the saying. He says, I want, have you noticed how you is red? Kind of like our theme. God is calling you out. It's red. It's like warning, right? I'm, I want you. And then what does it say next? For the U.S. Army. You know, like I, it would have been good if you said, I want you over for dinner tonight. But dinner wasn't enough. He wants me for the U.S. Army. This Uncle Sam poster, as we leave it up. I want you to know a little bit about it. I'm not going to give you all the history because you could really get into the history of this poster, but I'm going to give you a quick history. In these days, they would make posters very, like, colorful and very kind. They would want to try to grab you to join the forces, you know? Remember the woman with the muscles? They did that so that the women could come in and, and, and you know, they would try propaganda and stuff like that. And, but this one right here, the Uncle Sam um, poster, it was used, obviously, to recruit soldiers for World War I and World War II. And, and, and I'm, and I'm going to stop right there because the history of this poster is so much. But every time I see this poster, I, I, I think about the army. I don't know anyone else in here. I think about the army every time I see this. I see it, and I know he's dressed in patriotic colors, and I know he's goofy looking. You know, he's got the beard, and he looks like Colonel Sanders, but skinny. And, you know, all these weird things I, I think about. But I, I look at... It, and I think about enlisting, I don't think about enlisting, but I think about the whole process of enlisting into the service. But when I look at it, I feel like it's literally calling me out. Like every time I see it, I don't, I, you like me? You're like, don't look at it, don't look at it. You make eye contact with it, you might get sucked into it. Like, right, I don't know about, I'm weird like that, I know, I have OCD and stuff like that. But, but sometimes I'll, I'll see that thing, I'll be like, don't see it, you can't, because then, you know, you know, it's scripture, you know. The more you know, the more you're going to be accountable for, you know. So it's like, I don't want to see it because then I'm not going to be accountable for it. But whatever. I'm getting, out of, I'm getting out of control here. But this is Uncle Sam, and he wants me to know when I see this. And he wants you to know that he wants you. And when I see it, he's like, Rico, I want you. Sometimes I'm like, no, man. No. But I like this because when I look in this poster, it's not just a call to good times. Hey, let's go. I want you. Come on. Let's have a good time. Let's go sail the world. Let's go do it. Let's go to Iraq, man. Have a tea, some tea time in Iraq, you know. It's not what it's saying there only. It's not only what it's saying there. I'm going to share something with you. And if you're a military service person, you're going you're gonna to be like, amen. It's not just good times, but it's also a call to danger. It's also a call. It's a call to risk and to give your life. Amen. And, and for some of us, that love our country, we look at this and what do we say? Amen. Amen. I'll risk my life for this nation, man, and for the freedom of this nation and for everything that this nation has given me, right? But I'm going to get somewhere with this. I'm going to get somewhere with this. And when you look at this, it could be even a call to death. Anyone get that feeling? I know it's colorful and blue and white and red, but sometimes it's like, I want you, and you're saying, oh, God, I'm going to die if I follow that. Anyone ever feel that way when they see that? See, when I see it, it scares me. You can call me a chicken. That's cool. But it scares me because I know what that thing is asking for. And what that thing is asking for is this. Rigo, I want you to sacrifice your all for us. That's what the government is saying. I want you to come to us and sacrifice your life. Leave your children behind. Leave your wife behind. Leave your city behind. And come fight for us. Am I going to come back alive? can't promise you that, but come anyways. I love it. In a weird sense, I hate it, but I love it. Why? It's Christianity. God says, come on, I'm calling you. Yes, I'm going to be prosperity. I'm going to live in a... No. You might, but you also what? Might not. <laughs> the Lord blesses everyone differently. He can only give you what you can handle. Amen. All the poor people say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. <laughs> now, this is amazing. This is amazing here. This is amazing. Because it's asking, sacrifice, Rigo, you're all. When he said, Samuel, Samuel. Can you picture, I was going to put a picture, but I know how some of the people in church are. They would have called me a whole bunch of names. They would have sent me emails. So I didn't put it. There was a picture of Jesus dressed like Uncle Sam. I mean, the Jesus that they think it looks like. And he's pointing at you. And I was going to put that picture up to Uncle Sam. And, and, but I said, nah. 
I don't want to offend anyone that's very religious in that area. So I just said, if, I, if, if I'm going to eat meat and it's going to cause my brother to stumble, I'd rather not eat it in front of them. So I, I decided to delete the picture, amen? But it's the same thing. I just told you what I was going to do. So it kind of <laughs> defeats the purpose. I'm reading a book, and watch this. You guys with me? We're enjoying our Mother's Day? A little bit? All right, here we go. You guys are making me feel comfortable. Here we go. What if God does show up? This is an insert. I'm going to read you three different inserts from a book I'm reading. What if God does show up and he asks you to go somewhere or to do something that's uncomfortable? For many people, fearing that God will ask them to go into a difficult, undesirable direction outweighs the fear that God will ignore them. You know what that is? Oh, Lord, I don't... I mean, they, they take more serious where God is going to send them that whether if God's really speaking to me or not. I don't care, God, if I don't hear you and stuff. Just don't send me anywhere crazy to serve you. I'm about to make my announcement real soon about what we're going to start doing here. It's getting closer. I hope you guys are with me. Another insert says, the truth is that the spirit of the living God is guaranteed to ask you. Everyone say, ask me. Good. To ask you to go somewhere, check this out, or do something that you wouldn't normally want to choose or want to do or choose to do, the Spirit will lead you to the way of the cross. Everyone say the cross. Yeah, because not that beautiful as you think. As he led Jesus to the cross, and that is definitely not a safe or pretty or comfortable place to be. The Holy Spirit of God will mold you in the person that you were made to be. And this often incredibly painful process strips you, I love this, of your selfishness, of your pride, and of what? Fear. I'm going to talk about those three things in a second. And the last insert is this. As citizens of the kingdom, kingdom, we are called to live in a way that reflects the reality of the kingdom of God. I like that. And when we become <clears throat> overly concerned about our appearance, about our spiritual reputation, or our, I like how he says this, our coolness and our acceptance, we are living as citizens of this world rather than as ambassadors of the kingdom that we're reflecting. Point number two that I want to make across is this. Write this down in your notes. Where's the sacrifice? Remember Uncle Sam? We want you. So my, my, my second point is this. Where's the sacrifice? C.S. Lewis, we all know who C.S. Lewis is, right? Very known for Chronicles of Narnia and all that stuff. But let's get much more stuff, trust me, other than Chronicles of Narnia. Until you have, look what he says, until you have given up yourself to him, you will never have a real self. Wow. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm, I'm just going to fly through this and, and you should, we're going to get into sacrifice. Here it is. This is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus and he says this. Ready? I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you, I encourage you to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Check this out. Walk worthy of your what? Say it. Calling. Walk worthy. Watch what he says next. How do I walk worthy? How do I do it? How do I do it? Charlie, how do I walk worthy? Well, well, you walk it with all humility, gentleness, with patience. You bear one another, not with strife, contention, and fighting, and gossiping, and bickering, but you bear one another in love, comma, keep going. And then it says, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. I love this. Your call belongs to one man. And that one man who has bonded you with one spirit, his name is what? Jesus. Say it. Say it. Jesus. 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 All over. Nothing new about our preaching. We're still preaching Jesus. Watch this. One baptism, one Lord, one faith, verse 6, one God, Father of all, who is over all, and through all, I love this, and in all. I like this. You know why? Because like, the Bible's covering everything. In all, through all, everything. Like he's describing every single angle so that you don't leave an angle out. Like he, listen, Jesus is everything in everything. Jesus. 
Without Jesus, there's nothing. Jesus is everything. Now, now, he goes on and he says this. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. My question to you, point number two, is this. Where's the sacrifice? Why do I say this? The word sacrifice means to surrender or to be offered or devoted unto something. So in order to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling to which you've been called. How many of you say I've been called? Yeah? Well, here it is. Are you walking worthy of your calling? Let's go to moms. Let's go to dads. Let's go to children. See how you could, moms, you could put yourself in everything? You have a calling. Husbands have a calling. Dads have a calling. Children have a calling. And you as a spiritual person, as a being, have a calling. Samuel, Samuel. There's got to show a life that is surrendered and that is devoted to him. Watch this. And in this process, in this lifestyle of sacrifice, church, please write this in your notes. Have you surrendered all the selfishness to your God? Have you surrendered all the pride to your God? And have you surrendered all your what? Fear to your God. See, as Christians, we're about his glory, not ours. Can you say amen? What does that mean? No selfishness. As Christians, we're about his goodness and what he offers, not about our goodness and what we can bring to the table and what we could offer. What is that? No what? No pride. No pride in our lives. If you see a Christian with pride, just look at me as I love you, but no pride. Not going to get far. Not going to get far with that pride. Not going to do it. Trust me, the Lord is going to humble you. Number three, as Christians, we're about fearing him. The one who gives and takes away. Not about fearing man, obstacles, or fearing our enemy. Number three, no what? No fear. No fear. Church, he's calling us out to a lifestyle of sacrifice, a lifestyle of total abandonment to all things. Listen, completely devoted to Jesus. You know what that word is? Holiness. A separated life that is walking in a manner that is worthy. Humility, gentleness, bearing with one another, showing love. Maintaining, another word that you could use is this, preserving the unity that the Holy Spirit has given us. Living worthy of our sonship, living worthy of our holiness. We are set apart. How many of you could say amen? We are different than this world. Can you say amen? And God is calling us to a different lifestyle. And church, here's my question to you. Come on, listen up. All eyes over here. I'm almost done. Do you display the lifestyle that God has called you to, work, to walk worthy of? Do you walk in gentleness, in humility, bearing with one another? That's a lot of characteristics I got to walk in. Walk in the manner in which you've been what? Called. You know what that means? He is calling you out to live like that. Me? Yeah, you, 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 you. I thought that was just for the pastors and the leaders. and the, No, no, you, the body of Christ. The body of Christ in gentleness, love. You know, in Romans, it says that he knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son. Can you guys look at yourselves in the mirror tonight? And understand that God knew you in advance and he looked at you and he says for you to become like me. To be like his son. Let's go down a different road. Ready? In Genesis, in the creation of all things, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, he creates man and he says, let us make him in what? Our likeness and in our image. And when you keep reading, it says, and man was in the image of God. You know what that means? I didn't make a mistake. I made you to be like me. The mistake is not that God does not bless us or God is not answering our prayers. The mistake is when we are not displaying who Christ is with our lives. Because that's what we were called to do. To walk in a manner that is worthy of the call. So church, in one translation in Genesis, it says this. You're called to my image, so prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. It says in one translation, take charge. Be responsible for the fish, the sea, the birds. I love that. 
take charge, be responsible, two words that we're going to go out next week and do. And you're going to hear my announcement in about five minutes. And then we're going to close up. Take charge, be responsible. In what? In the manner that you're walking in the call that you've been called into. Amen? Do you reflect God's nature in the charge that he's given you? And that is this, ready? To prosper, to reproduce, to fill the earth. Oh, you want me to have 10 kids? No, no. I'm talking about the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and produce disciples. Reproduce. Make disciples. Fill the earth with disciples. If you want to have 10 kids and you could do it, do it. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. Church, are we responsible to take charge and to display him in everything that he's given us? Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Don't get distracted as they come up. I'm going to share one quote here from A.W. Tozer. Listen up really quick. It's awesome. Can you guys just hear this out for a second? It says this. The true follower of Christ will not ask, if I embrace this truth, what will it cost me? Listen. Rather, the true follower of Christ would say this, this is truth, and God help me in it, let come what may. This is amazing because I'm telling you, point number two is this, ready? Live sacrificially for your God. Number one, Know God for yourself. And number two, when you know God for yourself, you begin to live your life as an offering to your God, as a sacrifice, as a devotion, as set apart for one reason, the call in which God has called you. What is that? To actually live as a disciple of Jesus. Not a Christian, because many Christians are walking wrong today. As a disciple. There's a difference between a disciple and a Christian. How many can say amen? A disciple. Of Jesus Christ. And I end with my third point. Write this down. Point number three, and I'm done. And I don't have too much scripture, so it won't take too long. Point number three is this. Fear nothing. Fear nothing. So ready? Repeat with me. Point number one, he's calling you out. Take charge. Number one, what is it? No, that's not number one. What's number one? Know him for yourself. Good. Number two. Where's the sacrifice? Live sacrificially. Number three. Fear nothing. But I thought I was supposed to fear. Yeah, just God. Fear man? No. Fear God, yes. Can I share a cool story and then I'm done? Let's share a story. Oh, I hate when that happens. I'm going to read it from here because I'm reading a book on here. So whatever, who cares? I'm going to read a story really quick about Domingo. It's a cool name, Domingo. Sunday. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Sunday. All right. Domingo and Irene Garcia. I don't know if they're from Hialeah, but whatever. <laughs> Look at this. Domingo's a mechanic, and she's a hairdresser, and they have been foster parents for, this is crazy, for 30 to 32 children. Everyone say, wow. <laughs> foster parents to 32 children, and they've adopted 16 children. Domingo and Irene are in their late 50s, and they currently have 11 children living with them, and they tell me that they would take more if they could. Anyone who has children knows that they could be doing this only by the Spirit's power. Amen? Any parents? Imagine the amount of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control it would take to pull this off. Okay? Imagine the manner of the walk that you got to walk in to pull this off. The manner of the calling that you've been called and walking in that calling to pull this off. Domingo and Irene take this command in James 1.27 literally and seriously caring for the orphans. I would say so. More seriously than any other American I know while other people their age are figuring out how to live most comfortably. They can't think, stop thinking about 500,000 kids in America who need parents. And while these while they see these kids as a huge blessing, they are also very open about the hardships that they face daily. Perseverance has been key, especially years ago when one of their adopted sons hung himself in their closet. While their days are filled with joy, there have also been many times when they persevered by sheer obedience. God has provided for them over and over and over again. One time they needed to build an addition unto their house. 
so that they could take in more children, and they didn't have the money. So Irene prayed fervently, and when she looked up from the, from the prayer, the first thing that she saw was a sign for a contractor. She immediately asked God, is he the answer to my prayer? Days later, one of the leaders in the church heard about their need, and he offered to build the addition for free. And you guessed it. He was the same contractor who Irene had seen on the sign. One of the wonderful blessings that they have enjoyed is watching their biological children follow in their footsteps. One of their sons have two, bio- two biological and two adopted kids. Another son has three biological and three adopted kids. They live such extraordinary lives that CBS News ran a story on them. Even the secular world notices the unusual and supernatural love that these two have shown to those in need. For those who may think that Domingo and Irene have always been as gracious as they are today, let me share some insight from their past. And I have permission to do this, says the author. I don't know if I do, but hopefully they don't hear the podcast, but whatever. They won't. God. Irene has shared publicly about the early days in their marriage and the hatred she felt towards her husband, Domingo. Wives, you feel hatred towards your husband? Man, I'm, God's speaking to some wives today, man. Husbands, you feel hatred to your wife. He was abusive. She prayed regularly that he would die. She even daydreamed about him driving off a cliff because of the pain he inflicted on her. I mean, you might be like, wow, that's kind of overboard, but that's true. And now she calls him the godliest man she knows. For anyone who thinks that their own life or marriage is hopeless, remember Domingo and Irene. God loves to take people in the worst of situations and transform them by his spirit. You know, I love this story because as I read Irene and Domingo's story, it reminds me of this. Fear nothing. God provides. God answers. My husband sucks. God's like, I take care of it. I don't have money to build. I'll take care of it. My son just hung himself. I'll take care of it. Really? Fear nothing. I got you. Wow. Church, he's calling us out. We don't fear the one that says in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord fights for you. The Lord fights for you. You need only to be still. Javi explained to you what still meant last week, and I don't even get into that. The Lord fights for you, man. Just be still. Be still. Know that he's God. Amen? And throughout Scripture... Fear could have been what decided the fate of many. Fear, fear. But instead, the, at the end, they chose, they chose not to fear. Let's go over like five people. Moses could have feared, but instead he what? Freed people from Egypt. Amen. Joshua could have feared and the giants. He could have feared them and he could have feared being the leader as a young man to lead the people into the promised land, but instead... He chose not to fear, and he led God's people to the promised land. Guys, don't forget the giants in that process. Esther could have feared being killed, but instead she won favor with the king. She saves a whole nation that still exists today, Israel. Zacchaeus, remember Zacchaeus, the little midget that was hanging? I shouldn't have said that, sorry. Short man that was hanging on the tree, and Jesus was passing. He says, Jesus, if you just see me. He was a tax collector, hated, despised people, would spit on him when he walked around the streets. Do you know that Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, whatever you want to call him, tomato, tomato, whatever, he could have feared and says, well, Jesus is going to treat me just like everyone else treats me. And Jesus is going to spit on me like everyone else, but instead he, he gets up on a tree. Jesus! He chose not to fear. You know what happened to that man, the tax collector? He didn't fear what man thought at that moment. And for that very moment, he received salvation. And guess what? It didn't just stop with him. The Bible says that his whole house got saved. Fear nothing, church. Let's talk about the apostles. We're not going to go one by one because we'll never leave. But all the disciples will become apostles in Acts. They let go of their business. One was a tax collector making a lot of money because he was stealing from his own brethren. Others were fishermen, making good money, eating good food, by the way. But instead, they let go of everything. They could have feared and said, oh, my God, but if I let go of my business, how am I going to make money? 
Imagine you, you have a business. You're making a lot of money. You're supporting your family. But right now, God says, quit your job. Give all your money to the poor. Go to India with your family. Crazy. That's what happened to the apostles. That's what happened to the apostles. And they said, all right. They let go of everything. They followed their rabbi. And the lost... They lost all the offers that the world had to give them, but they gained what is imperishable, the crown of life. How many of you can say amen? Those men changed the world forever. Till today, they're still changing the world, what they did. So church, here's my third point. Fear nothing. Your allegiance is with Jesus Christ. Your allegiance is with Jesus. That's it, man. Sign the dotted line. You belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to you. He's calling you out. He's calling me out. He's calling us out. So ready? Know him for yourself. Live sacrificially. Fear nothing. Can you stand up? Here's my announcement today, and I'm done. My announcement is this. Next Sunday, come to church, man. Come to church. You don't want to miss next Sunday. We're going to close off our series but I want you to come to church in tennis shoes. Come in shorts. Come in a tank top. Come in a shirt. <laughs> Why? We're going to make food. We're going to buy drinks, water, and Gatorade. And literally like 0.3 miles away. Literally. Like if I just rip through some of these walls, you might be able to see the park. There's a park right here that is filled with young men, young teenagers and young, young adults in their 20s and 30s that need to see love. This is what we're going to do as a local church. We're going to have church. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together like this, but we're all going to do like a big circle. You're outside or in here. We're going to pray before we go out, and we're going to go feed those kids, and we're going to give them Gatorade and water, and they're going to be like, why are you doing this? And we're going to be like, we have no idea. We just want you to know that we're a church right around the corner. We're not even going to preach to them. We just love you. And we want you to know that, I don't know, man, just Jesus loves you. So what do you got to wear? Wear your favorite sports pair? I don't know. I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to go feed them, drink with them, water and Gatorade, and then I'm going to play ball and just sweat and hang out with them. So join us. Well, is it an age limit? No, because you don't know how blessed it will be to see a 50, 60, 70-year-old man or woman there loving them. 20, 30, 40, 50 year old. They don't, they, it's going to be amazing. Why are we doing this? Because I believe God put this in my heart and it's this. Regal, come on, get to church and go out. I'm calling all of you out to show my love to your community. Amen. So, that's my announcement. I hope you're excited because I am. I mean, if it's just me, myself, I'm going. I hope you join me. As we go love on this community. Well, maybe you're one of those people that we appreciate in this church. Like you have no idea. And you say, well, what can I do to help? We would love your help. First off, we want you to come with us. Because the more people, the more impacting it is. Second off, see our sister Gladys Barrero. She, okay. She's going to tell you what kind of drinks she needs. Gatorade, water, food, pizza. She's going to tell you. Talk with her. And we're going to go next Sunday together as a church. Do you know that in our church, we have a group of people that we are discipling every week? They've gone through D1 already. They've gone to D2, and now they're about to jump into D3. What does that mean? Discipleship. They're doing a huge discipleship course. I'm praying that more than 50% of those people start life groups all over our community. That's part of what we're doing. We're going out. God's calling us out. Do you feel led to lead a Bible study? Do you feel led to open up your door to a Bible study? Why should I do that? Because he's calling us out to your community. Can you let us know? We want to plug you in. We want to use you in your gifts. It's time that we go out and walk worthy in the call in which he's called us. Know him for yourself. Live sacrificially. Church, say with me. Fear nothing. Can you close your eyes with me? Lord, we thank you. We praise you. 
We honor your name today. Because, Father, there's no better place we'd rather be on Mother's Day and before your presence. Lord, let us live out this word. Let us know you. Let us live sacrificially. And number three, let us fear nothing. Lord, I pray that next Sunday as we close off our series, he's calling us out. That we would get 100% of the church to go out to that park and love on those people. And that we would show them that Jesus does love them. And there are actually people in this community that love those kids that need love. Some of them are on drugs. Some of them have come from broken homes. Some of them have been in jail. Let us love on them like no one has ever loved on them before. So Lord, as I close off, I pray for every mother, every father, every child, every family. Let us have a spectacular time today. And let us not forget this message that you are calling us out to take charge and to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. So we say thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. And we say amen. Amen.